0: I've been called many names in my life. Uh, c- celebrity recruiter, messenger of opportunity, architect of, of people's destiny. Uh, but but to date, I have never been called a podcast host. So it's with uh, with great excitement that I bring you the first episode of Careering Out of Control with me, Will Rowe, it's, uh, it's, it's my, my, my podcast. Um, and today, I'm going to be talking with Tom Arbuthnot. Uh, Tom is a Microsoft MVP. He is uh, is a, a, a vlogger, a blogger. You can find him at TomTalks.blog, and he talks about Microsoft Unified Communications uh, and Microsoft Teams specifically. And I'm very much looking forward to speaking to him. Hi, Tom. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Will, thanks you. Yes, I am. Uh, I'm virile. Thank you today, uh, particularly so since the sun is shining. So, uh, so yes, life is. Uh, life is good. Well, not in not in that way, no. But uh, no, it's uh, West's well, first first ever podcast. And thank you, uh, you know, so much for for for, for coming on the show uh, for the first time um, and giving up well, your the money you offered. I couldn't say no, Will. Well, you know, it's uh, it's it's uh, it was a reasonable sum, I felt, um, <laughs> but uh, but nothing nothing to get a big head about. And like I said, the checks in the post—you just don't know quite what what it's all about. Uh, so, for those who don't know who you are, which can't be that many people, um, tell us a bit about who you are, and uh, and then uh, and then what you do.
1: Yeah. So, uh, work-wise, uh, principal solutions architect. Uh, collaboration specialist called modality systems so i've been there for about 10 years now which is a pretty long time in it career terms i think Mm. Uh, come up through consulting so working directly within customers then managing a consulting team and now i work in a team called solutions so we're a team that works with the cto on kind of strategic customers new offers new propositions that kind of thing um, and I guess then my kind of other part of my job is lots of um, content events, speaking presentations, that kind of stuff. So customer facing and, and then like proper industry events, speaking, that kind of thing. Okay,
0: because you are you are a Microsoft MVP as well and have been for a long time now, haven't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, since uh, 2011, I think. So, yeah, so coming on 10 years, which is, uh, yeah, again, quite a long, long, interesting run on that program, which has been really, really good for me personally and network and career-wise as well
0: mm, cool okay now um you're you're pretty much the face of uh of, of unified communications for microsoft here in the uk um we've had a question come in from uh, mr r chapman uh and he was <laughs> asking uh is that a is that just a face for radio uh more than anything Tom?"
1: Yeah, well, uh, fortunately, in the uh, in the IT sphere with uh, people like Randy around, you don't you don't need to be uh, super handsome to stand out above the pack. So I didn't
0: say Randy. I have no idea who that man is. <laughs> that's, not, that's not something. Uh, and you um, you've got a, a, a blogging site called uh, Tom Walks. Is that right?
1: Yeah, 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 Tom talks, uh, but I do walk around a lot. So uh, yeah, that's that's that was really the genesis of a lot of this stuff is blogging and getting content out there, which led to uh, user groups and speaking and everything else.
0: Okay, so you've come, I mean, you've come a long way over the last 10, 10 years with Modality then in terms of, you know, both your your presence in the industry and then also, uh, I guess, you know, within, within Modality. How, how much of a career plan, did you actually have
1: you know yeah if you, not, if you think back. yeah not really a master plan um i, I do think managing your career is 100 percent your responsibility i mean hopefully you work somewhere that pays an interest and tries to help but i think even the best companies are going to help you a bit but they're not their full-time job is not looking after your career i mean let's be honest um, i've been fortunate a modality that i i joined when we were like seven people and we're 150 now, so I've kind of joined on a on a come up, and there's definitely been lots of opportunity. But I think also there's it's about making your opportunity. Like I've always been pushing to do either I think the most interesting thing for customers or the most interesting thing for the business. um So not no like long term. Here's where I want to be in three years. Here's where I want to be in five years. But definitely awareness of. I, I want to spend my time on things that matter either to the industry, the customers, or the business. Like that's the growth area for me.
0: Okay. So then how often, I mean, how important do you think actually having some sort of a plan is then uh, for people if they were looking to, to kind of sort of level up and, and maybe take control of where they're going?
1: Yeah, I, I think you definitely need, an idea and a direction Um, no plan is obviously terrible but i don't think in particularly in it i don't think you can have a 10-year or even a five-year plan because cycles move so fast but there are obvious things like gravitate towards a technology that's actually matters that's popping you know like like security now is just so hot that that would be a space where i'd go towards or all things being even i wouldn't go towards like mainframe computers or faxes because there's there's no interest there um but i I think it's more about i wish wish you told me that two years ago (laughs) well maybe it's a hot area in recruitment you know (laughs) there's that that dead cat bounce where technology becomes suddenly niche and uh, you're you're hot again but um yeah and i think i think having an immediate plan of where you want to be next and why and pushing yourself is important so I for me I'd focus more on the kind of next year rather than the next five years and from when you hit that level you'll have a better view of what's going on and you'll know what's next but I don't think you can credibly say here's my five-year ten-year plan in, in in our industry
0: no I think I think I very much agree with that I think certainly when I'm talking to people there are I always recommend a six a six to 12 month kind of career audit type thing of just figuring out where I where am i and what what have i got to do next and because often people just don't know where they're going uh or, or kind of how to get there more importantly um and and that's frequently uh the sort of conversations that i'm having um but i think do, do you think you know you mentioned in in the prep conversation that we had that that there is a point in someone's career where you almost need to to, to to know less than you know a, a
1: sort of a deep dive specialist. Is that Yeah definitely. That, that, that's something that's been really interesting for me so I've obviously come up on technical stuff so like the OCS link Skype for Business I did my Microsoft Certified Masters which is like the, the high certification for techie techie stuff around Skype for Business so what, what, uh, what, yeah. one of four
0: people in the uk
1: that have got that tom yeah something like that yeah yeah and, and it, that was really fun because it was so niche and so technical but i definitely got a point in my career where that wasn't adding any significant value anymore not giving me any more options like like I I'm you know the highest certification in that technology area um but I want to do more than that. And, and this is a really hard transition for technologists, I think, and I, I struggle with it, is like I used to be really good at gateways and PowerShell and packets and ports and protocols and stuff like that. But at some point to be more about company strategy and propositions and the business side of it, the strategy side of it, I had to let go of some of that piece of the puzzle to pick other stuff up. And I think, technology people not everybody wants to do that you you, absolutely if you want to be the full-time best in the world techie at something by all means that's a career too but for me i was like well at some point i want to widen that out so i had to let go of being the 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 powershell scripter to be more i can have a strategy conversation with multi hundred thousand user customers which is a completely different skill set to being the scripter
0: and is that because I, I've I've spoken to a number of people who have who have kind of hit that point where they they've they've been sort of narrowing down and narrowing down and narrowing down, and then they've started to 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 widen out their technical expertise. How, how much of a challenge is that in terms of a from a mindset perspective? Because obviously you're you're learning, you know, you're an expert in one thing, and then suddenly you've got to be uncomfortable yeah Again, to kind of to sort of move yourself away from the areas that you know from a mindset perspective how how did how did you you cope with that
1: yeah it's an interesting question i, I definitely see people struggle with that as well especially when you're like you know in a, a non-arrogant way you get used to walking and being the best in the room at x you, you're very confident in your skill set and your ability you, you, you well, know the answer to every to question right man there, mate. you're talking <laughs> to the right man there. <laughs> Well, you know, you, first podcast, just boom, I'm going to be an expert. Wow. At that was the right, dude. I'm not even uh, sure
0: I've record. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, no, we're recording. <laughs> we are recording, it's
1: fine, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like, I think it's hard, yeah, to move from that level of confidence in one area to being less confident in another area. There's also a part of it where when you're on the come up on a new technology, you have to get your head down and do your due diligence. You know, when I was doing the, the, the Microsoft certified masters, that was lots and lots of personal study time, lots of late nights, lots of labs and stuff like that. And you go through a period where you're head down on that. And then you come up for a bit. And if you're going to go into a new area, you probably have to get head down a little bit. Um, So there's kind of the humility of knowing that sometimes you're going to have to get back to the studying personal development. And sometimes you're not, but, but, being uncomfortable is actually the real skill like like perpetually being okay with not knowing the answer to everything and still knowing you can add value i think that's the that's the key is i don't know most of what i talk about now i don't know you'll be surprised to, to understand i don't know everything about what i'm talking about in deep technical terms but i know enough to know i'm right about the key areas and i know the people who know the exact techie techie are so that's not my job anymore my job is to make sure we're building the right proposition or it's adding value to the customer, I'm giving the right advice. So I can't spend my time learning every feature on SBC anymore. That's not me. But letting go of that can be hard when you're used to knowing every answer about everything in a certain technical area.
0: Okay. And and could you lay out then for for everybody, I guess, the kind of the stages that over the last 10 years have sort of led you to that in terms of, you know, how your career has has evolved
1: yeah so, so so i started off at a um cisco partner uh so doing the cisco side of it cisco. Actually, I, yeah 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 mm. they're a small player you might you mm. like wow. haven't heard them um yeah they used to be big uh but like it, it, it that was i actually came into that role so in a more salesy role Um, but realized I actually preferred kind of pre-sales and technical. So I moved then from a sales role to more of a pre-sales role and more technical. Um, During that role uh, I did everything and anything. And, And that, that would be, I guess, one of, one of my takeaways from my career is like, I see a lot of people saying I'll do that when I get paid for it. I'll do that when it's my job. Like for me, I'm always doing, I think, more than my JD says, or more than my role is technically supposed to be. And I feel like you're, you're title and pay will either catch up or you'll be learning skills to take somewhere else so um that's been a big one for me as i'm always i i I would never be a person to say well that's not my job like if there's something that needs doing and it makes sense to do i'll get involved um but at that point i had a really good opportunities but i saw microsoft was on the come up so i made a big technology jump from a cisco partner to a microsoft partner um and interestingly that was through um social and user groups and networks so uh, i went to a user group with microsoft met um, justin morris and justin morris pulled me over to modality so that was a good starting point for user groups and network being a big impact on my career Mm. and then from there the microsoft stuff just exploded so i got deep down into the techie stuff through end customer consulting managing a team um managing a team was definitely not for me like i don't don't i'm not a natural people manager um so like not that i don't want to work with people who want to be great or mentor them or whatever else but the managing a team of people for leave and pay slips and and all that kind of i would call it admin type stuff um just really wasn't me so so that was a good learning experience Do you know
0: what I found? I have found exactly the same thing. Earlier in my career, I spent a long time managing groups of people, you know, uh, anything. I think I had 20, 20 or people reporting to me at one point. Um, And what I've realized over the last three or four years is that I'm better as that coach mentor type, you know, leader type person, as opposed to the sort of the day to day manager uh i call it i call it i call it having all the jazz hands but but not needing to do all the hard work
1: (laughs) yeah Um, management management's a real skill and i don't think it gets enough respect uh particularly again in our sector it's like well the strongest techie becomes the manager because that's the career progression that's a stupid model isn't it like like i was great at scripting so now i run 10 consultants that doesn't make any sense um so I think that's a problem generally is like uh, particularly if you're in an end customer scenario, less as a consultant, but if you're in an end customer, progression tends to be you're in the team, you manage the team, and and you become more of a manager and less of a technologist, which can be a real mm-hmm. problem. When you're in a, a vendor or a partner, there are more individual contributor roles where you can keep progressing without having to manage people. Um, but I've had to, I'm lucky with modality because I've been here so long, they kind of Get what I do, but uh, but multiple times I've had to sign a defend. Like, I don't want to manage people. I don't want to take on a team to do this project. Like, build the team and I'll input, but I'm not going to manage the team because that's just it's not going to make me happy. It's not going to be good for them because I'm not a good manager. Um, so I think self awareness on that has really helped me definitely. Okay,
0: and and how much value do you think there is for somebody to to kind of stay in their lane if that's where they're most comfortable? Do you think, or, or if that's where their strength's lie? Because I think "comfortable" is a dangerous term.
1: Yeah, "comfortable" definitely is a dangerous term because I don't think you should be comfortable. Um, but uh, again, self-awareness is important. Like, like let's say you're going to earn X more being a manager, but you hate it. it. Is it worth it for you? And and that's a personal question. Like, if you need or want the money, maybe you suck it up. Um, but I definitely think for me, my energy comes from doing things I enjoy, and I think because I enjoy them I perform and because I perform I'm strong and valuable career progression in that area so I think I think you're naturally going to have a better career if you're doing things you can find you know I I don't really believe in this like you have to abstractly find your passion stuff but I think if you're doing something you can find passion in you can enjoy you're going to perform better and therefore stand out from the crowd.
0: Totally agree I mean nobody wakes up you know one morning as a child turns to their parent and says Mummy I'm,
1: I've decided to become a recruiter. <laughs>
0: you know that's, that, that's not that's not what people tend to tend to do. Um, but, but if you, uh, but if
1: you're going to do it if you're going to spend 40 god 50 60 hours a week doing this kind of stuff you might as well like like try and be good at it develop yourself and also even if it's an area like like that you're not you don't think you're going to be in forever you're always going to get more out of it if you put more into it so even if you don't love the technology area you're in well, you might as well, you're spending the time anyway. I feel like there's an extra 10% people can put in sometimes that will take them way disproportionately above the crowd for that extra 10%. And that's been the story of, of my career a lot of time, you know, spending a little bit of time in my evening, a little bit of time in my, my weekend or whatever, just, just reading a bit more industry information, being a little bit, it's not loads, it's not, you know, I'm not doubling my hours or anything, but I think that extra investment definitely pays off in different ways.
0: Yeah. And and obviously you've got two hats that you wear. You've got the one that you get paid for um, uh, within modality as the principal consultant. And then then there's the other piece, which is, uh, you know, the more community led one. How does that relate? How do they relate to each other then would you, would you say?
1: Yeah, they're definitely intertwined. I'm very lucky that modality has a lot of understanding and respect for the value community work social work kind of brings back to the brand to the company mm-hmm. um and I, I think again that's something i'd look for career-wise like i'd never worked somewhere that had a policy about where you can speak and and press releases and blogs and stuff like that because i mean lots of big companies have that and it's pretty crippling for your personal brand uh so i think they they've let everybody at modality have free reign in terms of blogs and social and speaking and stuff, trust us safe in the knowledge that's worthwhile. And that gives me a lot of flexibility to go and do industry events and blog and whatever else. I'm never worried that I'm going to get told off at modality because I'm spending time speaking or whatever. And uh, and it's always brought and uh, it, and undoubtedly, like if I look at it completely objectively, that the money invested in modality there kind of in me spending that time has come back in terms of work multiple times more like, like the the meetings we can get the people we can talk to the, the events it's it's important to realize as an individual you're adding a lot of value to your company doing that stuff um, if you look at the marketing budgets to go and get a speaking slot on an industry event if you're paying for it it's ridiculous and yet if you're in the industry and you're relevant you'll get invited to speak anyway so um yeah it's very intertwined but um it's been good for me personally and for the modality brand i feel
0: and and branding
1: the, the term brand i i personally hate
0: i think it's, it's horrific and it makes me cringe every time i say the word <laughs> person the words personal brand but but how important personal brand huh <laughs> So So let's let's talk about personal brand then. Yeah, let's talk about your personal brand. Um, You know, and as somebody who has over the last, you know, three or four years worked quite hard to become better known um, in in my industry, how important have you found that that sort of that that personal brand to be to your career growth in terms of, I guess, having that level of celebrity with a small C with, you know, we're not even, we're not even on, it's not even z, is it? We're into the, we're into a different (laughs) alphabet entirely. Um, But do you know what I mean? Having that sort of that, that level of celebrity where people know who you are and, and, and if we could translate that across to somebody else, what do you think they might see happen to their career if they become sort of better known?
1: Yeah. So I think, yeah, the personal brand thing is a bit cringy as a phrase. It, It does summarize well, what you're trying to do i guess which is become more aware but the question is why i guess so lots of people come into the social tech circle for the personal brand reason and they burn out pretty quick because they're like i want to be more well known so i'll go and do a load of stuff but they don't really they don't enjoy that type of interaction or really want to be really good in their area and add value they're just like i need to do some speaking um so so i wouldn't do it for that reason um solely but it definitely if you're looking at your career capital and kind of you as a person and your options you're always going to be more sought after or have more options or have a bigger network if you go and do bit of blogging a bit of social a bit of speaking it, how much is proportionate to how you're interested in it, how much you invest in it like I'm, I'm lucky i enjoy what i do anyway in that sphere so it doesn't feel like a terribly hard work um but it's definitely opened up opportunities for me in all sorts of ways and speaking is the big one like being you know doing speaking events all around the world is a great opportunity i feel i really enjoy that stuff but not, not everybody does but i would say for for, as advice you're always going to be better off having a little bit more of a profile than not and it's it's useful skills like it's writing skills it's communication skills these are fundamental skills for most careers so uh, it, you can show to a prospective employer like i'm a bit more passionate i'm a bit more interested than the next person
0: i think i mean i, I personally 100 agree with everything that you've just said when i'm when i'm talking with with People and I get a lot of phone calls from people asking me, kind of, how, how do I get to the next level or what do I do next? The, the first thing I always do is look at what's their their profile like on on LinkedIn and social media, because for me that's like the base level of of what you should be doing is making sure that your LinkedIn profile is up to date and that you're 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 starting to engage with people on that platform initially. Um, because that is where a lot of the industry looks, frankly. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. It, it, particularly in IT industry, it, it, it's standard research, isn't it? And it it's something that it, it's very easy, again, to stand out. Like most people don't do it, unfortunately. So if mm. you did like, you know, LinkedIn has a blog platform called Pulse. If you did half a dozen blog post over a year and, and you don't need to be an expert in anything to a blog post it's gonna be what you're working on like what what's interesting to you in the industry some just just some thoughts it doesn't have to get a million hits like like it's not about that but it will help you develop some kind of skills around communicating in that way but when somebody hits your linkedin profile they'll be like oh look they did this they did that they're just a little bit more engaged they mm. actually are interested in the thing they do which i guess most employers are looking for um but it doesn't have to be you know a, a million views a million hits a million fans that's not at all what it's about it's just about raising your profile if you enjoy it and leaning on it it can go that way but it doesn't that doesn't have to be the objective and i think it probably shouldn't be the objective if that is the objective you're missing the point a little bit i think
0: do you think it's more like a port a modern day portfolio you know sort of show your work
1: type type thing yeah yeah definitely yeah i mean it, and I get, it depends the role you're hiring for so if you're hiring for somebody who you want the best in the world at, at, at SBCs configuring them maybe they're not that person that needs to be super social super about but if you're interviewing three of those people um, one of them has done some blogs on it. They've immediately stood out from the other two just as having a bit more communication skills or interest to do that as the extra mile or whatever else it may be. So at any level, any skill, I think you're still going to stand out. But certainly for getting into the pre-sales arena, strategy arena, the advising customers arena, like your entire job is communicating. So showing that you've done some video stuff, that you can talk, that you've you've got some ability to communicate ideas and concepts is definitely an added value. So if you could give one piece of advice to somebody
0: on kind of how to level up their career, what do you what do you think it would be? And and if we've talked about it already that's great, but kind of I guess to summarize what for you what it is that that you think would be the most important thing for somebody in their career.
1: Yeah, um yeah, one is hard, I talk a lot. Um but like like I think the the personal brand thing we talked about is definitely a thing like like being aware of that but the, what I talked about at the top of the session I guess like you you don't get paid and then do the job like like if you want to do something find the time and skill to do it push in your role a little bit more and either your current employer should recognize that and, and, and then promote you remunerate you whatever it may be but they might not so you're building the skill up to go and talk to somebody else so like like don't i hear a lot of yeah i, I could be good at that if they'll pay me to go on a training course and learn it i'll do it uh, i could do my certified master if they pay me to do it it's like well no suck, suck it up do it like like and then and then you'll 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 see the rewards afterwards so i think yeah do it first and, and you should see the rewards rather than wait to be given the title given the role get paid to do the training course that's not what it's about okay
0: so i guess to to kind of recap on on kind of everything be open to to training and put yourself through this. Don't actually wait for somebody, um, be interested, be curious and actually go out and, and take a bit of control of your own training and, and destiny.
1: Yeah, Look in at- tech, everything's online as well. Like like everything yeah. is online. Like it's not like you're blocked to a $100,000 course to learn it or you have to go through five years of med school, like it's it's all at Google basically. So, so it's time and diligence more than the blockers, I think.
0: And, and did you know you can actually download Azure, a part of Azure? <laughs> you know, people. I may have. I may have, I may have was said that it one last, of your
1: top LinkedIn posts of all time? That,
0: that was one of my top LinkedIn posts, where I, where I got it absolutely wrong. Uh, or, or everyone said I got it wrong. It wasn't actually. I was talking about. There's a development uh, sample that you can uh, that you can download, which is a very limited version of, offline of Azure to to be putting code into. I wouldn't expect people like you I to can, understand it's that coming from my the area. infrastructure yeah. side. Exactly. No. Uh, so uh so uh look at your training and take control of that. Look at your personal brand uh and think about um what it is that you're doing to sort of uh build that from a from a LinkedIn perspective and your social your social perspective. Um think about your mindset when it comes to uh to change uh, and and keep on pushing yourself when you are when you to make yourself uncomfortable um, and I guess that last point the last point really then would be to recognize when you've gone as far as you can with one particular area and if you're reaching the point where you can't go any further consider broadening out your your technical skills into into something less deep technical but more broad
1: technical yeah yeah. and i think i think it's a a broad and wide broad and wide narrow kind of conversation so sometimes you're going to need to get deep on something to progress and sometimes you're going to hit a plateau where you know enough to be considered an expert or good in that area um now you need to widen out again so it'll 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 expand and contract depending on where you are in your career i think okay cool final
0: question why is it on when you're doing your vlogging that you're always walking down a street as opposed to taking just literally three minutes to sit, to do it at a desk because it makes me feel nauseous. So I'm walking yeah, down, my, up and down. My, Not my in a weird man,
1: way. My manager and this Nick CTO hates it as well. He's like, you're so busy that you can't stand still to do a video. Uh, yeah, I think it's just cause I worry the content isn't interesting enough. So as long as the background keeps moving, I've got your attention. Basically
0: people are getting distracted. <laughs> Lovely. Well, now, uh, you, obviously, I have a I have a podcast. Uh, why don't you have a podcast? Why isn't podcast host uh, up there? for You, Tom.
1: Yeah, so so I do a podcast with UC today. So I'm lucky that they but do isn't it, all, the, your podcast, all the hard but work. It, that's,
0: that's somebody else's podcast that you're just kind of jumping on, and then.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't have to do my own. They, they do that for me. So that's how that works. Just you know, I'm just. I think you're missing a little bit of the kudos there, mate.
0: A little bit of the kudos. <laughs> well, look, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Um, uh, for everybody listening, go to TomTalks.blog to find out more about Tom. You can find him on LinkedIn, following him on Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you so much uh, once again. And uh, I will look forward to uh, to speaking to you again in the near future.
1: Yeah, it's been good fun. I'm looking forward to the rest of the series as well. It'll be interesting to see what everybody thinks about careers and progression. It's good stuff.
0: Excellent. Well, if, as soon as I can find somebody else to do it, then uh, then then that'll be that'll be exciting, I'm sure. All right, mate. Great. Thank you very much. Take care. Cheers. So, over the last uh, twenty years or so, uh, I have spoken to, as part of my job, I've interviewed tens of thousands of people, and I've spoken to senior people, I've spoken to junior people, people whose careers are on the way up, people whose careers are on the way down, and I think that that what has become apparent, certainly to me, is that there are certain steps that you can take if you're looking to take control of your career. And what I would like to do at the end of each interview is just go through that person's experience that we've just heard and actually then start pulling out, and uh, in, in I guess in a, a sort of analysis, uh, the kinds of things that they have actually done. So the five steps I believe that will help you take control of your career are first of all, knowing what it is that you want. Now that could be an overall career plan. Or that could just be knowing that the next role you wanted to get into is, is X. Deciding how to get there and then coming up with uh, some steps that you can do that will actually move you forwards is the second thing, figuring out how you're actually going to get there. The third thing is going the extra mile. Now, that could be throwing yourself into training. That could be um, putting yourself forward for projects, but actually m- making it happen yourself. The fourth thing is finding your tribe. Now, that's a bit of a weird way of saying, find the people that are really keen and passionate about the things that you are. Find them, talk to them, so go to user groups, go to meetups, um, and, and actually start getting to know these people and building your network in that space. And finally, show your experience. If you're looking to move into a new technical area, if you're looking to move up into a new role, people are gonna wanna see that you can actually do that. So that could be through blogging, vlogging, that could be speaking at events. There's all sorts of things that you can actually do. Now, when we look at uh, Tom's career, what we see is somebody who has followed a fairly traditional route. He started out doing uh, support type work and then moved uh, out of support into something more project related. And then as many people do, he started to specialize uh, within a certain technical area and followed his career through from there into more of a design and architecture role, as well as implementation and deployment, and then has moved past that uh, architectural role into perhaps more strategy, roadmaps, deliverables, that, that, that sort of thing. Now, when we look at the five steps uh, to, to taking control, so that's knowing what you want, deciding how to get there, going the extra mile, finding your people, finding your tribe, and then showing your experience. Tom is somebody who embodies a great deal of these. He knew that he wanted to specialize more within the Microsoft technical space. And that was something that uh, moving to a a real specialist-like modality allowed him to do. Deciding how to get there, Tom realized that actually he was gonna have to um, throw himself into learning in a way that potentially he hadn't done before. So that meant uh, doing a, a huge amount of extra training Um, That meant uh, putting himself uh, and going through the Microsoft Certified Solutions Master Award, of which, I mean, that's almost like the PhD of the Microsoft world. So it's incredibly difficult to do. In terms of finding his tribe, uh, he is somebody who founded a user group based in London. Uh, That's the uh, Microsoft Unified Communications user group, the McCuggle. Uh, uh, And uh, and that runs every quarter or did pre-COVID. Uh, and so he, ha- he along with a couple of other people, helped to found that. Uh, and so he speaks uh, at, at, at many of these uh, events, you name it. If there's a tech event with something you see in it, Tom's there. That's not to, that's not to kind of take away from, from the rarity of having him on our podcast, of course. <laughs> no, no. But uh, in terms of showing his experience as well, Tom is a real master at this. You've only got to look at his blog. You've only got to look at uh, the work that he does again in terms of podcasts, in terms, in terms of talking uh, at uh, industry events. And, and being somebody who is, I guess, very much seen as as someone in the know, that is almost his superpower, I guess. And from my perspective, he and many of the MVP community actually do this uh, just as part of their their community roles. I guess the question for me is, would he have got as far as he has without actually having all of these uh, and doing all of these? And I would say possibly not. Um, In my experience, the people who are working to level up, the people who are working to to kind of break through into a new role have to put themselves out there, and they have to take control of their own destiny um, and, and be somebody who's willing to sacrifice to some extent To get what they want in the longer term. And I think that that is definitely something that Tom has done. So thank you for listening to uh, my podcast. Um, It has been wonderful. I hope you got to the end anyway. Uh, If you want to listen to any of the other ones, you can go to uh, careeringoutofcontrol.com. You can subscribe there. You can also listen to uh, this podcast on pretty much any of your your favorite podcasts. Uh, stations. So uh, I really hope that you will join us again. Thank you.